What is up, everybody? Back again, uh, fan section short, coming your way. This one is very exciting because we're talking about our defensive Heisman players. So we are going to give a lot of love to the defensive side of the ball. We've often joked that we're just a linebacker-only podcast, but we're not. We're so much more than that. Um, but this is a fan section brought to you for fans by fans from across the college landscape. Section 100, section 300, bleachers down to the suites. Welcome, everybody. That is Tyson. I'm Al. We're two dudes talking college, dropping knowledge. Uh, we'd like to take the time to ask you to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Also, to go over to our Twitter handle and our Instagram, the fan section. And if you want to get to our mailbag, thefansection1 at gmail.com. Like I said, this fan section short is going to be all about the defensive players and our Heisman. So we are picking our two. Well, at the end of this episode, we will tell you our favorite um, defensive player uh, to us. It's just our opinion. Um, this isn't like the media driven or anything like that. Obviously, the media will have an impact because you know they talk about some of these players. But we just want to shed light on them before because there isn't a Heisman for the defensive side of the ball. But honestly, they're really, in my opinion, the Dick Buckish should be considered the Heisman. You know what I mean? But it's a linebacker award, rightfully so. But yeah, who do you have as your top five? And we're doing top five. So who do you have as your top five? Top five. Well, I guess I'll start right at number one. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that that would have to be Will Anderson, the linebacker from Alabama. Wow. Okay. 78 tackles, 13 sacks. Not a ton more production outside of that, but mm-hmm. he he is the anchor in that strong linebacking core that they have. Remember, three first team All SEC preseason uh, yeah. players. Um, so yeah. I think I think he's one. Number two, I think, is between Jalen Foster and Demon Clark, and and yeah. I am a Pac-12 guy. But the top three players I selected are all SEC players. <laughs> Demon Clark, the linebacker from LSU, yeah. has 20, 126 sacks or tackles, three sacks, an interception, two forced fumbles, and then Jalen Foster is the defensive back from South Carolina. Yeah, he's got five interceptions and two forced fumbles on, as well on a shitty team too. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think they became bowl eligible they this did, past but, weekend. Uh, yeah, woo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, well, and so, again, that's part of the calculus, yeah, right? We, we talk about the Heisman. Yeah. Part of it is, listen, you know, pr- probably probably that one year, whatever it was, 2004, Larry Fitzgerald probably should have won the Heisman. Oh, But he was, on a, he was on a Pittsburgh team that lost, like, four games. Very bad. Just like, honestly, you can make the argument for the receiver out of Georgia Tech, one of the greatest receivers of all time, Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Or Calvin um, Megatron. Calvin yeah, Johnson. Calvin Johnson, yeah. I mean, yeah, he probably he went to Georgia, a triple option offense at that time. So yeah. Then my next two, I have, uh, and and this is my personal interest and favorite because he's a Pac-12 player. But Devin Lloyd, ninety-one tackles, uh, six sacks on the season, three interceptions, a touchdown, and uh, forced fumble, fumble recovery. The only problem with him, he was probably on track to really, legitimately maybe be a Heisman contender, but he. Uh, had a targeting penalty. He had to sit out for four consecutive quarters. Then he had an injury that kept him out of one game. So he's been a little hampered like that. Yeah. But I think he's a clear runaway uh, Pac-12 defensive player. Oh, year. agreed. And he played. He's Utah, right? Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, we saw him dominate Oregon. Um, and you're going to see him dominate Colorado this coming kind of weekend. <laughs> oh my god, that that's that's a game that like they tried to make a rivalry, but it's not a rivalry, right? Like, that was the whole premise of Utah and Colorado joining the pack, was they're going to be a rivalry game, yeah. and we're going to call it this. 
Oh yeah, not no. even. It's not even. You an... can't fabricate a rivalry. <laughs> there's there's history. There's comments. There's coaches. There's dynamics. Nebraska is our is our major rival. There's it, it still to this. And Nebraska thing. doesn't even look at you guys as rivals. And Nebraska doesn't have the listen. The it's not a Pac-12 thing. Yeah. The Big Ten tried to make. I, I believe who was it? Maybe Purdue or something. They tried to force a rivalry for for Nebraska yeah, in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's Purdue. There's no, they don't <laughs> give a crap about Nebraska. No. So you know, yeah. but uh, but my last number five, and I, I really really was impressed by this dude on last Friday. He plays for Houston, defensive back Marcus Jones, mm. and he's got decent defensive stats. Only forty four tack. 44 tackles, but he's got five interceptions. But check this out. And this is when we start talking about uh, uh, Charles Woodson. Punt returns. He's got 23 returns for 331 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and then kick returns. He's got another 369 yards and two touchdowns. So he's he's a factor. He's no uh, – he's certainly no Charles Woodson. But but he is a fun, <laughs> fantastic guy to watch. Definitely a kid that I'll dive into probably on the defensive side when I do do my uh, draft prospects for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and keep an eye on that. That will be a short coming up this week as well. We're diving into receivers. And I'm probably going to talk about um, uh, tackles as well, offensive tackles, because I want to do a, a combo on those two. But – Cool, man. Your list is great. Your top three defenses are Georgia, Wisconsin, Okie State, and you only have zero players represented mm-hmm. on any of those teams, uh, which is fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, obviously, there's talent across the board from, you know, all Power 5 teams to non-Power 5 teams. And I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head with the last one as far as giving some love to a non-Power 5. Um, well, I think this is something that makes this podcast special is – is that we come at things from a different angle. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about the different ways we assess the, the rankings. Yeah. This is also, when I look at and assess this, it's from a statistics perspective. Okay. You look at it, I, well, I mean, probably from I look many, at a player based. Many different yeah. statistics. But, but for, so for, just quick, for example, yeah. you named off the top three defenses in the country. And, mm-hmm. and I don't argue that. No, I'm no, sure no. that they are. Yeah. But what I, my contention would be is. There's a ton of great players, say, on Georgia. Nicobe Dean, Channing Tindall, uh, Lewis Sine, is that how it's pronounced? Lewis Sine, yeah. Sine, and then obviously, you know, um, your guy, Jordan Davis. Yeah, the winner of the Heisman. But but the problem <laughs> with such a great team is they steal stats from each other. They do. Yeah, the Nicobe so, Dean stats are down. And honestly. so that will keep them off of my list. 100%. So that's that's one way our lists are, are different. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you as the as the fan, you can choose which one of us you think is right. 100%, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, so it's it's not like we're not arguing with each other. You know what I mean? We just have different lists because we look for different things. His is more stat because he's the stat guy. Stat guy ties, I like to call him. <laughs> he... That's that's a good thing to have on any any show, any episode, or whatever. It's fun to dive into the stats for mm-hmm. sure. And like you said, all these teams that I mean, I've got two Georgia players, one Bama player, one Okie State, and a Utah player on mine. So it's like okay, like you said, there's going to be a lot of differences in what we look for. Now, having said that, I'm going to start with my my list. So Jordan Davis is number one. All right. They're, they average three yards a play with him on the field. They average five yards with him off the field. This is opposing offenses. Mm-hmm. The kid commands triple teams. Yep. The center, the guard, and the tackle all know where he is. And they, it's funny to watch. You see them, they'll pinch and they'll move 
to wherever he is. And that's why Georgia likes to do that fancy little shift they do to throw their O-line off, because they, and that's why it draws off a lot of false starts, because the guard knows his responsibility is with the center. I have to go, mm-hmm. and I have to be Jordan to the point of contact. Um, but yeah, so and that's only because he commit, he's basically Aaron, he's just such an immovable force that like, but he, the only knock that I have against him is he's not on the field on passing downs. He, he's just he's just a run stopper. That's his only trick. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna rip swim combo some dude. His he's just gonna out muscle you. And I don't know if you can do that at the next level. Obviously they're gonna work with him. But the dude can move. I mean he's not unathletic by any means. Mm-hmm. Fun fact though, he was a three star. He wasn't even a five star recruit. Really? Yeah, he was a three star recruit. So you know, it just goes to show you that How anybody, in the world. I don't know. It just goes to show you how any wow. given any given time, obviously, Good like yeah, he's a three star recruit. Just worked his tail off and and has just become a force, a force of nature, and is actually getting some praise for an actual overall Heisman. Is that deserving? Not in my opinion, because when I looked deeper, uh, he's not on the field. If he was on the field, you know, eighty percent of the time, a hundred percent, yes, I think you should put him in the conversation. But as a D tackle, no, he's. I mean, he's basically the closest thing to an Aaron Donald in college football you have today. You know what I mean? But Aaron Donald is on the field for passing downs. He's getting sacks. Jordan Davis isn't the be- Actually, I think personally, I think the best defensive lineman on that on that front seven is Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the field eighty percent of the time, doing taking double teams on and pass downs, and still getting Nolan Smith free. So there's a lot of you know stat sharing for sure. Number two on my list is Will Anderson from Bama. Um, the enough can't be said. He's the only good thing on that defense. You know what I mean? Like, Bama doesn't play defense. You let you, Florida, LSU, and Arkansas drop, you know, within eight points of a win. But it was because Will Anderson that they didn't actually overall probably get the win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he was able to put everybody... He's definitely, like you said, the anchor, the captain. puts everybody in the right spot. Um, say what you want about Bama's defense. They're, it's atrocious, but it does have some good players. Um, and then... Fun. He leads the nation in sacks. And, yes, and because mm-hmm. he, he has to. He yeah. has to be that guy. Mm-hmm. If he has an odd... If you take him out of the defensive game plan and make them Anderson dimensional, basically take him out, you're going to drop 40 on this Bama defense. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot like uh, what happened when Nate Landman stopped playing yeah. for the Buffs. The, Alabama's D-line is poor. Yeah, They're not they're that good. And so, you're right. Yeah, so he picks up behind mm-hmm. them. He does. He has to be the guy. Um, and it's very cool to see a player like that. Um, as far as everything else, number three, Nicobe Dean is who I have on my list. Um, the linebacker from Georgia. He's not getting a ton of tackles. He's not getting a ton of tackles for loss. But, I mean, he's still making impact plays. And what I mean by that is he's sideline to sideline. He's dominating. When he does, he's he's... Every time you see a play on the offensive side of the ball, he's involved in it. You know what I mean? Like, he's never not around the ball. He's got an eye. He's got a couple ints on the year. He's got a couple forced fumbles on the year. He's a he's a the the anchor, the captain of that defense, putting everybody where they need to be. Um, but he doesn't have the stats to show it, right? Like he's only got I think like forty tackles on the year or something like that. Fifty, 50 tackles, tackles, four and a half sacks. He does have a defensive touchdown. Yeah, because that was the pick six. But, like, okay, cool. It's just he's putting – he's more the lines of, like, he's that A-gap stopper, right? But he's also able to be the sideline guy. Like, he, your, your tight ends aren't going to get open on him. You're, you're not going to have the middle of the field while he's in the middle of the field. It's just what it is. Um, and then uh, number four, I have Malcolm Rodriguez from Okie State. I think the kid's just a force. Um, 
he really, really has a nose for the ball. Does make some really big impact plays, and mm-hmm. you know he's on the third ranked defense in the in the entire nation, which is awesome. Well, you know what? He might get a little more shine with like we talked about in our previous podcast, mm-hmm. them playing Oklahoma in exactly. prime time, yeah, Saturday night. And he should he should honestly like he's probably one of the best. He probably top five linebacker, right? Like, I mean, he's super good. The kid does not get enough credit. Um, that's why we're putting mentioning him on here, um, which is crazy to me that a top three defense doesn't doesn't. You'd think that they would talk about the star player on that defense, and that's definitely Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, at number five is Devin Lloyd. We both agree on that. Devin Lloyd is a phenomenal player. Easily a runaway for defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah. Over Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, everybody yes. say what you want about Thibodeau, but he didn't. He was not an impact against the game that where he should have been, which is against Utah. Didn't didn't even do anything. Oh, I, I was surprised because there were times Utah ran right at it. I know it's not like they, they ran away scared. from him. No, yeah, they run, teams run away from Lloyd. <laughs> that's yeah. the difference yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my. That's five. what. There's a quick, quick aside. Just a little Tyson griping here. <laughs> but this is what is so infuriating about the t- targeting penalty. Yes. And they throw him out for an entire... Like, it's like this dude could maybe have... Maybe have, be, be a legitimate invitee to New York for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. But he misses four quarters of football because, you know, a receiver was going down and they hit... Yeah, it, like, yeah they need to... They definitely need to look at the targeting rule. Um, and they need to be... Okay... So how I would like them to assess it is, if they find no ill intent, okay, you're you have a warning, all right. If they and obviously take a little bit extra time to get it right. I don't care about them taking the time to get it right. If you do find that it is targeting, and it's in the first or second quarter, let him sit two quarters. So he'll come back in the fourth. Don't take a kid's game away from him. There's been too many times where you've seen in rivalry games they're seniors mm-hmm. and they don't get to play against that team again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's just it's just absolutely Or if it's in a bowl game, now, your season's done. Exactly. Now obviously if there's intent, yes, then you the ejection is warranted, right? If they but you have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. My thing would be let them sit at least a quarter or two quarters. If it's in the fourth quarter, they have to sit two possessions. So that way they're not missing the entire I mean, and obviously, if it's within two minutes of the game, well, that sucks. You know what I mean? That just is what it is. But it's the fourth quarter. It gives you a chance to not lose the game because of it. There's too many times, where, and it's always a star player. It's yeah. never someone random. Oh, the national championship when Skalski. Uh, yeah, Skalski. Yes. Clemson. Yeah, and he had totally changed the the, con- the, the dynamic, dynamic of Ohio State. I mean, I'm not saying that they would. I think Ohio State would have still beat them. But I'm, the point is, it's always a star player. It's always someone of that caliber that the game is now impacted on. Because I can't tell you how many times Penn State has lost because they lost yeah. their best linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I think on the first, the first. Offense. Yes. Regardless of fifteen what yards, automatic fifteen yards. Yes. yes. Fifteen, 15 yards, yards, automatic first down, mm-hmm. but no ejection. No, it should be a warning. I, I yes, it should be a warning. Uh, and now, if they do it again, then they're yeah, they're done for the game. Yeah. Or and I mean, obviously, you can make it even like okay, if they do it again, did the was he going low and the receiver met him or the running back met? Well, him yeah, low. you have to assess it. Okay. And, the and if that's the case, then great, you sit out for a quarter or you sit out for two quarters or if it's in, like I said, the final fourth. You know, if it's the fourth quarter, you sit out two possessions. Yeah, they have to change something. It's too. (laughs) It needs to be looked at. It's too ambiguous and too subjective. And I, I would say at least fifty percent of the time. Yeah. When I hear the announcers on the game, 
they will say, oh, it's targeting, or oh, it's it's clearly not targeting, mm. and the referee says the opposite. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. So the announcers don't even know what no. they're looking for. No, and I don't think anybody really knows the rule. Like, yeah. even the refs are like, well, we know what the rule is, and we know that if it's targeting, but we don't know how to prove it is or there isn't. Was, there was a targeting in that, I think it was in the Oregon-Utah game, where, I mean, he, he hit, I think, I think he hit a player in the shoulder with his face mask. Yeah. His head was up. Okay, and then and you always hear like the purpose of targeting is to teach defensive players don't drop your head yeah. and come in with the crown of your helmet, right? Yeah. Because that could be dangerous for them yes, as well. Yes, agreed. Well, he got a targeting because his head was up. I actively heard, you know, whoever it was, Mike Ferreira, yeah, that, yeah. That he act, actually said if he would have just dropped his head, it wouldn't have been targeting. So what what are you trying to what's the purpose here? Then what are you teaching? Right. Like there's no real way to tackle right. anymore. I that's mean so a heads up tackle play, They need to whatever. figure that out this offseason. They do. They need to absolutely 100% need to look at it. Um it, and it, it's very frustrating like we said. You know, we're we're not against the penalty. We're against the the rule of kids being ejected. We're against the fact that you're taking, you know, you're taking them out of the game that they've train their entire life for you know what i mean like well and, and for many of these kids i mean let's just be honest for many of these kids they come from very poor yeah disadvantaged backgrounds and you you might be taking away the potential of them making millions of dollars agreed agreed and it's unfortunate um but on a good note though your list was solid i liked your list a lot um, you only did, I'm sure you didn't like my Jordan Davis list, which is fine. I don't care. <laughs> hey, he's, got, he's on the board with a rushing touchdown hey, now. Look, yes, and if you have a rushing touchdown, you automatically win the Heisman. Okay, <laughs> we, all, we know that. Especially as a defense player, and I hope they do it against Georgia Tech. I really do. But um, this has been a fan section short talking about the defensive Heisman. We you gave your list; it was solid. I gave my list; it was good. Um, we want to hear you guys if you have a different list or a different player you want us to highlight. Go ahead, definitely hit us up. Um, but this has been the fan section short. Thank you guys so much for listening and all the love and support you've given us so far. That is Tyson. I'm Alan, and we are out.